Well, hello there, top teachers. We are your hosts, Michelle Emerson and Bridget Spackman, and we are here to make your life easier by helping you master your time, organization, and productivity as a teacher. If you have ever struggled with classroom organization, listen up. This episode is for you. Bridget and I have a little secret we are sharing with you that will revolutionize the way your classroom flows. But first, we're going to hear a TSH from a top teacher. This top teacher says, setting up a new classroom. I am moving to my third gr- third school in four years. Holy moly. And setting up a new classroom takes so much time. I always start by cleaning out the nooks and crannies and grouping materials into zones, but I never know what to prioritize when putting things back. This usually ends up with the remaining material scattered in a storage closet until I have time to work on organizing again, which usually isn't until December or later. Please help. Oh my gosh. First of all, moving a classroom is a beast and it just sucks away so much of your time and your energy. I don't know about you, Bridget, but I always felt like physically exhausted, even though I usually was not the one moving the boxes, like custodians would do that. But just the whole process of packing and unpacking is... You break a sweat. No lie. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, you do. So first of all, top teacher, kudos to you on knowing to make zones. I mean, that's like a huge part of the process. So you already have a step forward. That's great. I think it's okay to have a like catch-all closet if you have the space. Obviously, Mm -hmm. if you're limited on space, then you would want to take care of that as soon as possible. But If you can make it work, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we all have a junk drawer at home. We all have maybe a closet or a part of the garage where we just put things that we intend on going through later. Or a basement. Or basement. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, I don't have a basement now, but when I did, yeah, it definitely became a catch-all. So consider tossing things if you can, because I know sometimes there are materials we have to hold on to because they belong to the school or district. But ultimately, if you're not using it, like don't feel bad getting rid of stuff. I know during my first year of teaching, I held on to everything that was left in my classroom by the previous teacher because I didn't know what anything was. But at the end of the year, I was like, I haven't touched this all year. I'm not going to use it. Like just get rid of it because at the end of the day, it's just wasting space. Yeah, I completely agree with Michelle. And to be honest, top teacher, I am having the exact same issue. Part of this is I feel like my anxiety and stress and like just worry in general of just, of not knowing what I'm going to need at this new school. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And, and it's so, better to have it and not need it yeah. than need it and not have it. <laughs> exactly. And so I never really want to get rid of anything. But here's the thing. You have to kind of build this philosophy of just kind of a way of thinking that if you haven't touched it in a year, just get rid of it. Um, and I know that this seems really, really hard, but I think you'll be thankful at the very end of it. And I and I know that a few years back when I was going through this process of trying to minimalize the things that I have, especially in my house, I was always stressed. But at the end of the day, you can always go and buy it if you need it. And if it belongs to the school, like give it to somebody else to store it somewhere in that school. It doesn't, your classroom does not need to be a storage, you know, container for all of the stuff that you're not going to end up using. Yeah. Do you want to know something that my dad did growing up? What? So I, my room was always organized. Of surprise, course. Surprise. <laughs> 
But my sister was always a little bit of a hoarder. Like she would just hold on to anything and everything and her room was a hot mess. Mm-hmm. And so periodically he would go in there and he would just fill up like those big like leaf bags, you know, the massive ones. Yes. He would fill them up with anything and everything he could find. And then he would go put it in our attic. And if she asked for something like, hey, I can't find, you know, such and such and such toy, he would then go like look through the bag, see if he could find it and like give it to her. But at the end of like a couple months, if she hadn't asked for this stuff, he just like got rid of it. Girl, your dad is so nice because in my head, I'm like, I wouldn't even like go back and look for it. I'd be like, I don't know. You really need to take care of your things. <laughs> I'm terrible. I, I am so bad. No, teaching a lesson. Always a teacher, Bridget. <laughs> so in case you are not up to date on our episodes, Bridget, do you want to go ahead and talk about how mm-hmm. you're basically spending the month of August? You know, I don't really want to talk about it because I'm not going to lie Right before we got started recording this episode, I felt like I was having the biggest like panic <laughs> moment because it's just so stressful. I, oh. I have the same feeling, not from obviously what you're going to talk yeah. about, but from other things. And like we'll chat after this episode because I don't know about you, but I know I'm really stressed when it starts impacting my dreams. And oh. I had I had Ooh. some interesting things. I can't wait, guys. <laughs> I'm so excited. Okay, so month of August. Guys, if you didn't know, I am I have switched districts. So I have taken another position at a different district. Uh, if you want to hear all the drama, you can go to my channel and check out that video about why I resigned because I'm not going to say it here. Um, so this means that I am moving items into an, into a new room, into a new school. Um, I am organizing a new space, which is kind of fun, but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's a little bit stressful because I know that time is ticking and I only mm-hmm. have so much time before like parents come in my room and kids come in my room. And it's just this idea that I'm starting from scratch, even though I know that I've been teaching for over 10 years at this point. I have knowledge about how to run a classroom. I know the expectations of fourth grade. So it's not like the curriculum is new, um, but it's just starting from scratch in a different space. Now, I will say that I'm very, very excited because I know that the home edit has like the new classroom, like they don't, it's not classroom, but they have the new organizers in Walmart and I want to use them for my classroom. Don't tell (laughs) Trent. (laughs) There's your motivation. Um, Yeah, I, it's like a looming cloud. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah. You know, like you may have a rain jacket and a poncho ready to go. Like you said, like, you know, the curriculum, Mm -hmm. it's not your first time setting up a classroom ever, but you still can't help but just like anticipate. You're like, okay, but when's it going to rain? Like, I I know know. it's coming. (laughs) I know. I know. But it's going to be fine. It's fine, guys. We're positive. We're problem solvers here. It's going to be fine. I will say, uh, can we just acknowledge this is definitely the first podcast episode of the morning that we are recording because we both have those like <clears throat> yeah. moments where we're like trying to clear our throat. I, we started this before I had ever even taken a sip of my coffee and I was like, whoa, Michelle, that's I know. intense. I mean, <laughs> I don't really have a ton of conversations in the morning because my family, they're like, they wake up way later than I do. Yeah. So it takes my voice a little bit of warming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Billy's not even up yet. Like the only person I, well, not person, but thing I've talked to is Ember. And she didn't, she did not inform me that my voice was especially raspy this morning. 
<clears throat> but this is the time of year we all like to have that fresh start. What Bridget was mentioning with her classroom where it's like, ah, oh, like I get to organize a new space. Mm-hmm. So if you have a new classroom, you're definitely doing some organizing, maybe some cleaning, maybe a little bit throwing away. Yep. But even if you're in the same space, we tend to like reorganize based on what worked the prior year, what needs to change or any new things like, are you teaching a new subject area? Are you staying in the same classroom, but maybe teaching a new grade level? Those are all going to impact our organizational process. Yeah. And we have a little secret, although I mean, it's a big deal. Okay. Zones can help make this process easier and more effective. So we're going to be talking all about classroom zones in this episode. I like that. It's a little secret, but a big deal. (laughs) So let's start by talking about what exactly is a zone, because we're not talking about, you know, a construction zone, although you could use that as an example. A zone in your classroom is like a sectioned off area dedicated to a broad category. Yeah, if you want to think about like your house, I think is a really great example. Like you have a living room, you have a kitchen, you have an office, and you have a bedroom. Each of these rooms have a different purpose. And that means that you're going to have different furniture items. You're going to have other little knickknacks, things that you're going to keep in order for it to match the purpose of that specific room. Yeah, exactly. And this might just be because I woke up hungry, but it also makes (laughs) me think of a grocery store. It's like you have the bread aisle and then you have the condiment aisle and then you have all the meats and you have the fruits and veggies and the freezer section. And this makes it much easier to find what you need because similar items are grouped together within the categories. Now, we're going to take a little break, but when we come back, we are going to share some examples of classroom zones that you could consider creating. Hey, Bridget, question for you. Are you still doing those arm exercises I showed you when I last visited? Yeah, I have. I've even gone up to 20 pounds, so I'm super impressed with myself. But my arms are always really sore. I'm just grateful that I don't have to carry a ton of items inside of my teacher bag every day. Yeah, because you do all of your planning digitally, right? Of course I do. You know that I've been a digital planner for years now. I use our digital teacher planner on my iPad, and I love that I have access to my plans everywhere I go. Now, I was always team Google Slides, but thankfully, our digital teacher planner comes in two formats, so you can choose between a tablet version and a Google Slides version. Plus, I love that I have every checklist I need for the school year, so I can stay on top of my game and spend time with my family on the weekends. Now, if you want to be like Bridget and get some of your time back by planning digitally, you can grab our planner in our store at teachingonthedouble.com slash store. We have all the different planner options available, plus you can customize the planner you choose with digital stickers we have available in our store as well. We have monthly stickers, header stickers, and fitness stickers if you're trying to up your workout game like me. (laughs) You're going to be so buff the next time I see you. (laughs) I can't wait. Now, we also have a set of stickers you can download for free, no purchase required. You can grab those by clicking the black button at the top of our website that says free stickers. So head on over to our website, teachingonthedouble.com, and get started with digital planning today. So here are some examples of classroom zones. The first one is going to be your teacher desk or workspace. And within this zone, you're going to have items such as your computer, planner, pens, personal materials like a teacher bag, and maybe even some of your curriculum materials that you need to use every day. 
Love the teacher desk zone. It's such, it's like my favorite. I can't wait to set that up. Yeah. Another example of a classroom zone would be your classroom library. And this would encompass all of the shelves and the cabinets where you are storing your books. You would have the bins that are actually housing any books obviously the books themselves, Mm -hmm. but you might also have some seating available to your students. You might have a nice rug, maybe some little chairs and beanbags and such that would all be part of the classroom library zone. You may also have a student materials section. And in this section, you might have it be all of the things that your students are going to have access to throughout the day. So maybe you're going to have some turn-in bins for them to complete their paperwork and turn that in there so that you can collect it. Because let's all be honest, you don't want all those papers on your desk. Keep it far, far away from the desk. (laughs) Uh, You might also have paper, like extra paper for students, pencils, highlighters, markers, crayons, glue, and um, any early finisher activities that students might want to have access to um, if they complete assignments before the designated time. Yeah, and it's great to keep those early finisher activities with the turn-in bins. That way, there's no excuse. Like, as soon as they turn in their assignments, like, okay, grab something to do. Yeah. Put yourself to work. Such a good point. (laughs) The next classroom zone could be a math zone. Obviously, you want to keep all of your math materials together because when you go through different units, it's like you're constantly swapping out like the manipulatives that you're Mm -hmm. using. So this could include, obviously, any of those like fraction towers and counting devices and basically any manipulatives, but also like your rulers that you might use throughout the year for various different units. You might have calculators. You might have flash cards for students to practice with. And then you might also have math textbooks or like activity books that your students use along with math games that either you've created or maybe you've purchased. And then one of maybe my favorite sections is going to be the reading, writing, or what I like to call the ELA section. And within this section, you might want to keep any type of fluency cards. And maybe you have just kind of some quick cards that kids are going to get access to practice any different types of endings or word workstations. Um, you might have some sound practice cards if you need to provide some of that support to kiddos who need that. Reference materials such as like, I like to think of these as think marks or anchor charts or synonym or antonym cards. It's going to be materials that you want kids to be able to go and find and maybe be utilized in their writing or to help support them with any form of organizer. Reading textbooks such as anthologies or maybe even some reading games. Mm. I I never really found any fun reading games, but I'm sure, Bridget, you have like... Coming out with me for a little bit, girl. I know. Aren't you including some in your book? That's coming out. Yeah. Doesn't that have like some games? Oh, yeah. Guys. I always struggled with reading games. Math games, like I was your queen. But yeah. reading games, I'm like, I don't know how to make this Oh, fun. they're so much fun. They're so much fun. <laughs> okay. So the next section or zone would be science. And obviously this depends on the grade level that you teach because with like kindergarten or first grade science, you may not have that many like materials to store, but especially as you start getting into the higher grade levels, you're going to have those beakers, test tubes. You might have goggles and aprons that your students wear during labs. And then you would also have those consumable materials like the baking soda, the vinegar. You might even have science textbooks that would all go within this zone. 
And then something that I'm going to be teaching quite a bit this year is social studies. So having a social studies section, you might have some maps or globes that students are going to reference throughout the curriculum. Any historical memorabilia. Now, guys, hear me out on this because I feel like I am that nerd that whenever I go to a museum of any kind, I love to buy like all the knickknacks, like Give me the things in order to kind of make it, you know what I mean? Like the, the yeah. old Declaration of Independence. Well, it's yeah. not like the real one, obviously, but they make it look old. I mm-hmm. just think that those are so much fun. <laughs> um, you might also want to keep newspapers. Like, what is that? That's kind of a fun are thing. Still a thing? <laughs> Is that even a thing? Yes, they are. I promise you. But you can have some of those available for students so that they can look through. Um, and even textbooks, if that's something you have to use. You know, what's funny is even now when I go and visit places, I'll go to the gift shop and I'll scan for things. And I'm like, Michelle, you're not teaching. You don't need to buy anything. Billy and I were at the Alamo. I know we, and I thought about, I was like, what what could I get? And then I decided not to. So Mm -hmm. I'm proud of myself. (laughs) I'm proud of you too. Thank you. Another zone would be craft materials. And this depends a lot on your teaching style because I know some of us are more I'll just say willing to incorporate crafts and others. (laughs) Like if glitter is your enemy, I totally get it. But this might include like pipe cleaners, googly eyes, cotton balls, ribbon, popsicle sticks, all of those little items that you're going to use for various projects, either that you're doing or that your students are doing. I always love just opening up that cabinet and I'm like, go to town, kids. Like whatever we were doing, I'm like, just (laughs) use it all. I don't even care. (laughs) I love me some good craft materials. I always like, all the teachers that were in my hallway at my old school would tell me that I was like the Mary Poppins because yes. I would have all of the materials. I'm like, oh, boo, you need tissue paper? i hook you up. Yes. What color you need? <laughs> <laughs> um, so another section in my classroom that I really, really love are themed materials. Now with themed materials, this might be decorations for holidays or for different seasons. If you are that kind of teacher that likes to put like a little bitty table and have it kind of changed throughout the year, or if you're like me and you just need some dress up clothes because (laughs) what teacher out there doesn't like some good dress up clothes? Um, This might also be any sort of materials that correspond with any form of a lesson that you're going to be teaching. So that's all going to be housed in one specific area. Yeah, that makes me think of like my math bakery and I had my apron to wear, my Mm -hmm. little like chef's hat and then all the materials that my students would use. I always kept them together. Yeah, I used my graduation gown for any time that we did at anything with evidence. I would pull out my graduation gown and I I would be like... Because that's one of those things that sits in your closet and you're like, what am I ever going to do with this? It was like the perfect judge outfit looking thing. Yes. It was great. No, that's perfect. Okay. Next classroom zone would be your back stock. This would be all of your extras of materials. So think about this as like just the extra storage because you want to have easy, quick access to things like paper, pencils, sticky notes, crayons. Like you probably have some on your teacher desk and some by your students' desks, but this would be all of the extra. So like the boxes you haven't opened, the containers that you haven't ripped the plastic off of yet, they would all go in one area. So it almost becomes like your mini target. And when you need something, you're like, oh, let me see if I have that in stock. (laughs) It's always such a good feeling to be able to go and just say, yep, I can replenish that. That's such a, that's so satisfying. Yep. Um, Another area in your classroom that might you might have is going to be an indoor recess 
section. So these might be items such as board games, uh, felt food are always really fun. Especially, I love felt food. I don't care how old kids get. <laughs> like felt food is the best. Uh-huh. Like, it uh-huh. is seriously. Like they could set up like an, talk about talk, like entrepreneurship here. You could set up like a whole station and have kids go and buy with like fake money. It's fantastic. Yep. Um, I personally love any form of like find Waldo books for kids who don't necessarily want to play, but they want to do something independent. These are really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, drawing books, cards, or, you know, any other form of materials that might be um, allowed for students to use during indoor recess. Yes. And then the final example of a zone in your classroom would be like a small group table. Obviously, this would include the table itself, but then also the chairs or the stools that you keep in that area for students to sit on. You might have a cart that you keep right by the table that has all of the other materials you would need during group. So maybe books, pens, highlighters, sticky notes. You might have a whiteboard either behind you, like on the wall, if you're lucky, or if not, you might have like an easel or a little tabletop whiteboard. You might have individual whiteboards for your students or use like dry erase pockets and markers, but basically everything that you would need during that small group time. Okay, so now we're about to get into the really juicy stuff, and that's going to be to how you go about creating an actual zone. So the first step in this is to identify the category. Now, this is going to greatly depend on the stuff that you have. So you're going to have to kind of spread it all out and just get an idea, get an inventory of what you got going on. And you might be able to combine some of the categories that we even mentioned above. So I like to think of like craft and themed items because they're also, they're all very creative. I kind of put those all into one and then section them off. So if you don't need math, so for me, that's, this is a really great example. I am not teaching math this year. So I'm going to be Um, I need to make sure that I am not including any of those math materials. So the math materials I do have, if you need some, come hit me up because I got a ton of them, people. (laughs) I know we've referenced this before, but that makes me think of that show Clean Sweep, where they would literally like lay everything out on the lawn. They'd put down tarps. They would take everything out. They would decide what to like trash or donate. And then what was left, they would start like categorizing it. And it allowed Mm -hmm. them to see like, oh, okay, I have five crock pots, but, you know, I only have one blender. Like it just helped them decide like, you know, how much space they needed. Yeah. Which that brings us to the second step, determine the size of the space needed. We want you to think about Goldilocks. Okay. Just like the porridge was too hot or too cold. You don't want too little space, but you also don't want too much. If there's not enough space and it's too little space, that cabinet or shelf will be quickly overflowing. And that's when you find yourself just like stacking stuff on top of each other and like cramming it in there to make it fit and it becomes a disorganized mess. But on the other hand, if there's too much space, that means you aren't really making good use of it. So if you only have two board games for indoor recess, but you dedicate an entire cabinet to it, there's going to be a bunch of extra space in there that you could be utilizing for something else. So the size of the space should match the volume of items that need to be stored. Make sure you include a little space to grow. We all know that we tend to go out and we tend to accumulate more stuff. And it's kind of like buying shoes for a kid. 
Bridget, when you got shoes growing up, did you ever like try them on and then your mom would like push between oh, your, yeah, I the do that toe to my and the front of the shoe? Yeah, I do yeah. that to my own boys. And you're like, how much space do you have in here? Yes, this seems good because you want them to be able to yeah. grow into it, but you don't want their foot like just you know, flowing around all loosey goosey. I still do it to my 15 year old. There you go, guys. That's a great visual. (laughs) Ian, bless his heart. Now you might want to combine all of your items into one area, as Bridget mentioned, so you can see how much space you need. So then you can almost group them into like, these ones need small spaces. These one need medium Mm -hmm. spaces. And then these ones need large spaces. The next step is to find the space in your classroom. Now, I guess this can kind of go in conjunction because if you're looking at the size amount of space that you're going to need and depending on what type of storage solutions you have in your classroom, you could do this all kind of in in a two-step kind of process, right? So make sure, I guess this is the biggest key, make sure that this is an area that makes sense. Okay, so if you're going to have like a teacher space in one area, one corner of your classroom, when you're gathering all of your curriculum materials, you're going to want to have that close by because you will not want to get up and walk all the way across the classroom to grab something that you're going to need for a lesson. And um, you're not going to keep your craft station and your themed items right next to your teacher desk because then you're going to have students wanting to access those materials and they're going to be right behind you. And (laughs) nobody likes to have all those kids surrounding them. (laughs) That always stresses me out when they're all around me. So make sure that it makes sense on where you're putting some of those items and it needs to match the flow of how you're going about your everyday lessons. Um, So again, just make sure like if you have like a certain area that you're going to be working in, think about what are those items that you need to have close next to you and what are some of the items that you can move to other areas in your room. Yeah. How can you get your steps in throughout the day? (laughs) As if we don't get enough steps as teachers, but you know what I mean. Okay. The fourth step is actually an optional step. Create subcategories. So this is like folderception where you create a folder inside of a folder inside of a folder. Mm. (laughs) If needed, you can create categories within your main zones. So we mentioned having a reading zone. If you have a ton of reading supplies, rather than putting them all together, you could then create subcategories so they became a little bit more organized. You might have a subcategory of all of your books, maybe like your student books. You might have a subcategory of all of your books as a teacher, like your PD books. You might have a subcategory of writing materials. So it allows you just to break down the materials a little bit more and make them more organized. We also mentioned having a supply zone. So depending on the volume of supplies that you have, instead of having each one be separate, you might store them all together, but then create those subcategories. So maybe you have like craft supplies, teacher supplies, and student supplies. Now, here's a little hack for you. If your zone is going to be stored in a cabinet, you can actually dedicate like the shelves to your different subzones, or you could even even create like columns or rows. So maybe it's like, okay, all the books are going to be in like kind of this column on this side of the cabinet. And then over on this side is going to be all of the uh, like writing materials. You can kind of group them together within that cabinet or space or with a drawer. You can use like those little smaller organizers just to keep it together. So as you were talking, all I envision is going to be like the home edit. And you know, when they would like show the space and then they would have the little white lines with the writing. That's what I'm envisioning as you're talking. I'm like, oh yeah, Yeah. I see what you're talking about, girl. I totally get it. 
So the last uh, step is going to be organize the items. This is probably the fun part to me. (laughs) Um, So you're going to find ways to contain everything. Think bins, baskets, and labels. So all of the things to have all of the items in a designated space. You want to try to refrain from just throwing things into the cabinets because it's going to get messy. So find ways to be able to either group them and place them neatly in items so that way when you're pulling things out, you could just pull out the entire basket and then neatly put it back in on the shelf. So here are some examples. For classroom supplies, Um, I have a container that uh, is really easy for students to be able to access. So all of those materials have a lid on it because kids are clumsy. And so I want to make sure that any of those items have lids on them. Now, my teacher books may have a different container. Those are going to be placed into baskets because they're different sizes. They're really big. They're kind of bulky, but I can separate those into those subcategories that Michelle was talking about. So I might have my social studies teacher books in one basket, and then I might have my ELA teacher books in another basket. Mm, Love it. Okay. So I'm going to quickly recap those five simple steps for creating a zone. Number one, identify the category. Number two, determine the size of the space needed. Number three, find the space in your classroom. Number four, optional, create subcategories. And number five, organize the items. So now that you have your zones established, let's talk about how to maintain them because this can be a little bit tricky. Bridget and I have three tips that we are going to share with you, starting with number one, have a system. Will you put things back as soon as you use them? Or maybe once a week, you're going to like go through and put everything away. Or maybe once a quarter, it kind of depends on the materials. So for example, I would always change out math manipulatives weekly because we tended to spend like a week, maybe two weeks on a unit. And so I would have to change out the materials that my students were using in order to solve the problems, those manipulatives. So The rate at which you change them out can depend on what the material is, but have a system in place, like decide ahead of time when you're going to devote time to putting things back. Yeah. Tip number two is going to be adapt, don't react. Michelle came up with that. She did a really good job. (laughs) It's like the Michael Scott quote. I think it's during the fire episode and he's like, adapt, react, adapt, apt. It's like, it's, (laughs) it's gold. (laughs) So adapt, don't react. And what we mean by this is try sticking with the zones that you create for a few months. If you realize that you need additional zones, just wait. (laughs) Don't go in and start revamping things and changing things out. We have to give our brains, our bodies time to get accustomed to the way that we've created something. It's going to feel awkward. It's going to feel like you don't really know what you're doing and where things are. So give yourself some time. You can have a catch-all space until you're ready to start reevaluating some of those zones. So try to find a space for that piece, but don't go in and start automatically wanting to change everything. Every time we say catch-all, it makes me think of my friend growing up had this basket that was designed to sit on a set of stairs. So it had like kind of the two compartments and her parents, anytime something downstairs that needed to go upstairs, like rather than walking it up there, she would just put it into the basket Uh and then the kids were responsible for like cleaning out the basket once a week. So it's like that, but for your classroom. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Tip number three is to fix problems as they arise. So As you notice your zone maybe 
falling apart, for lack of better words, make changes in order to fix those problems. So here's what I mean by that. If you are running out of space in a bin, okay, and you notice that every time the lid fits just a little bit tighter and you're smushing stuff down just a little bit more, go get a bigger bin or start getting rid of items. Like if you run out of space in your closet, you got to find stuff to get rid of and donate. If you find that you're not putting things back all the way, try to figure out why. Like if you open up the cabinet and instead of taking time to take off the lid, you just slide it on top of the bin and you're like, I'll take care of that later. Mm -mm, No, no, no. There's a little bit of friction there. Do you maybe need to remove the lid? Do you maybe need to wait and put items back when you're less rushed so that you put them back the right way? (laughs) Basically, we want you to find solutions for the problems instead of just ignoring them and hoping they will go away because they won't. (laughs) No, they definitely won't. Well, we hope that you guys have really enjoyed this episode. If you are somebody who is brand new moving into a new classroom or you are a veteran teacher, you just want to start completely fresh and reorganize your space. Hopefully these tips have helped you really get an idea of how to create those effective and efficient uh, zones inside of your room. We would love for you to head on over to our website and check out um, our TSH section, submit and let us know what is your time sucking hurdle right now. We would also love for you to subscribe to the podcast so that you can get notified the next time we drop our episodes, which is on Thursday morning. And leave us a review over on iTunes. We would love to hear from you and it helps us to get into the ears of so many other teachers out there. So until next time. Be timely, stay organized, and be productive. Bye-bye. See ya.